by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live, in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. What is up, Oilers fans? We are back. It's your boy, Zach and I. Here to recap a loss. You know what? The Oilers didn't deserve the two points tonight. They played like they just had no interest in this game. And honestly, we would have appreciated a little bit more effort. You know, we get up. We have been on a little bit of a break. Zach and I have some rust to shake off. (laughs) A long bit of a break. But, you know, we we get up to do the show. We, We try and fire up the crowd. And the Oilers just looked like they were still on break mode. Still yeah. still in Cabo, still in Florida, wherever they spent their holiday. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what, what do you want to highlight about this game? Honestly? That was the most boring, atrocious, slow, run-down piece of junk hockey game I've watched this year. I My eyes were getting glazed over. I'm trying to take notes. There literally were no notes to be taken. There was nothing going on from the puck from puck drop to 55 minutes left. There were like the effort was horrible. Like Leon Dreisaitl, oh my god! I saw they put up at the halfway through the game. They had like eight giveaways. Leon probably had half of them. Which again, not trying to pick on him because every single player played like garbage. But like Leon and Connor did not have it, and the rest of the roster did not have it as well. It felt like way more than eight giveaways, right? It's mm-hmm. midway through the game. I just tweeted this entire game. The Oilers have just been handing over pucks, pizzas, turnovers, whatever you, metaphor you want to put it as. They've just been handing it right over to the Flyers. And you could see that the Flyers got up for this game, right? Oh, they well, had jump from the from puck drop. The Flyers, they're playing in straight lines. They're hitting everyone. Doesn't matter if you're their all-star Kevin Hayes or if you're Nick Sealer on the third pairing. You're they're smashing, they're hitting, they're playing with intensity, they're playing with pace. The difference between this, the Flyers team, and you know, just a team you'd run into in the playoffs is the Flyers are probably putting that same like round one intensity into every shift, but they have no skill. So they make up for it with their hard work, right? Like how many chances did they create that they just completely flubbed, right? Part of that is the Oilers' just lack of awareness. Like but you saw it in the missed passes. There were a number of times you just saw like – one that really stands out to me is like Ryan McLeod early in the first period just looking around because he didn't know where the puck was, right? Like there were just yeah. so many plays that were just a lack of awareness, a lack of – care a lack of pace a lack of intensity there was no tempo to the game like it just a ton of oilers you could see a ton of oilers just stretching the stick out bending over slightly because they're just out of reach not using their legs brutal passing just so many pucks that were high passes and it's funny like i usually we i want to sit here and i want to complain about the refs and the oilers didn't draw a power play they did not earn one power play the only thing i can even think of is the uh whoever on the flyers pulling nurse's helmet off and even then it's a 50 50 call right that one's tough right because he's he's trying to get around nurse 
and he he goes a little bit on he more he more hops on nurse's shoulders than around him so you feel like okay that's a tough one did he deliberately pull the helmet off but maybe not that's that's something that that that's not earned through their like a hockey play. That's right. just something that happens in the game, right? That's not like, oh, they were working hard on the forecheck. They were cycling. They were creating pressure and they drew a slash or a trip. That was just a a play that just happened. That's yeah. not right. So the first two or three shifts of the game, right? That's when you when you think, okay, the Oilers are pushing. They're cycling. Hyman was great tonight. One of the few highlights. I think Hyman was especially yeah. good early on in the game and in the third period. You know, there were a he lot of score. times. He did score. Sorry, I cut you off, but he did oh, yeah. score. Uh, a disallowed goal. Um, <laughs> it's it's Zach Hyman, so it was disallowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. here's the thing, right? There were so many in the first three shifts. There were so many chances. You, you saw cycle busting happening anytime the flyers took the puck back the Oilers stopped him at the blue line immediately started the cycle again somehow after like a minute and a half all of that shut down it's almost like the flyers got slapped in the face mm-hmm. and then decided hey you know what we have to start manning up here and they did and yeah. the oilers after that just stopped for checking stopped hitting. i don't think they ever started i, re- I can remember Evander Kane, I think Warren Fogle had a few plays. Like the, to me, the standouts were Warren Fogle. Fogle um, was great. Yanmark played all, a decent as, as far as Matthias Yanmark goes. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> but the, the best player in the world is bar none was Stuart Skinner, obviously. Stuart Skinner, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Kept them in the game. Like he does he full credit. They should he that is his point. That is no one yeah. else on the team gets responsibility whatsoever for that point. That point belongs to Stuart Skinner. He stole that point. They did not deserve to get the overtime. There was I can't remember if it was Kulak or CC had the giveaway with like 20 seconds left, oh, right? Dude. And it looked and Skinner comes and makes it a fantastic save, and you're just yeah. like Oh my god, you almost blew it. And and even the earlier, like McDavid like Hart was playing like a Vesna Vesna Cannon. I guess it was a big Hart. deal. Hart and Skinner. I'm I'm proud to see yeah. two Edmonton boys well, I was gonna playing go, in the I big leagues. It's a big deal to have two Edmonton guys. I think it was a Southside Athletic Club versus like Sherwood Park or something. Yeah. I don't Sher- even know. Sherwood, Sherwood Park Crusaders, I think. No, no, no. It's a, a it's triple. I, I, can't, I can't remember. I, I live in Calgary. I didn't play hockey. So <laughs> anyway, you're right. Like 971 for Carter Hart tonight, 972 for Skinner tonight. But Skinner had all the five alarm saves. Like, yeah, Hart well, had well, maybe like three high danger chances that he had well, to stop. When the Oilers turned it on, it was like five minutes left they're like oh shit we might actually lose we need to turn it on all of a sudden they they come out flying and they have five minutes of like pretty decent chances but it's like too little too late at that point right yeah. like at the end of the game the flyers it looks like they oh yeah they significantly have more they had 17 high danger chances to the Oilers 11 uh it looks like they were it says they're even in the third period but yeah, throughout the game, the Flyers just took it to the Oilers. They did not show up. I think they still thought they thought this was a mountain start, seven PM mountain, but it was right. It, Eastern. It's like it's weird because you know they they played in Detroit. They already gave up the first goal in that one. So as soon as this first one came in for Philly, I thought to myself, "Hey, it's just going to be another one of these games. The Oilers going to bounce back. They're a bad team. Philly no- notably has a pretty leaky defense, right? Carter Hart." is a great goaltender but that blue line is not anything to write home about 
No. Still, Edmonton couldn't crack it. I think one of the key factors for me was the fact that Philly, if you look at the heat map, they just were all up in Skinner's grill. They yeah. love to buzz around that crease, whack at them, get all these well, chances in front. Edmonton, I've seen better. This, Yeah, not a strong defensive game from Edmonton by any means. I thought Philly's defense, like, they played pretty well, considering Edmonton. well. I have this thing, this theory, where when Edmonton plays uh, lesser opponents, they they just believe that they're going to outskill them 100 times out of 100, right? So they go and they just always try and pass it into the net. They try and make those plays. Like I think that's why against worst teams, it seems like Leon has these worst games because against Columbus, he did the same thing, where he's giving these backhand passes through two or three people, where yeah. he, against Vegas or Tampa, or you'll never see him do that. It He'll looked... Be- it looked like the all-star game pass that he yeah, had, exactly. right? Like, just right to no one. Just guy was just full on lazy Leon tonight, which whatever. I'm not going to harp on that. There's a, again, a number of issues in the game, but just to watch, like even in overtime, like you could just tell they, they didn't have that magic that they normally have. Everyone was slow. Everyone was, it just was like a lethargic effort from top to bottom for 55 minutes. So, even longer yeah. and I mean, they, they lost the game they lost in the shootout though so that just like dampens it like even if they won i probably would feel the exact same way because i've said this before yeah. on the show and i'll stick to it a win or a loss in the shootout to me means absolutely nothing like it literally couldn't i could not care less about it honestly once we got past overtime i turned off my tv i was just checking the highlights of the shootout on my phone yeah, exactly. that's that was it because the the shootout yeah it's it's hard, right? I understand, and this is going to be a long discussion if we wanted to get into it. I understand the need for something to cut games short, right? There's broadcast schedules. There's a whole bunch of considerations regarding logistics of teams. But the shootout is just an absolute killer, right? Like, there's you could... A, talk about the momentum side of things. If a team is dominating in the, in overtime, shootout kills all of that. It just makes it a coin flip. The mm-hmm. second part is you could you could hear how loud that Philly crowd was. Once once it got into overtime, they were buzzing, right? They, but they in, were energetic for sure. They were booing the Flyers on every power play. <laughs> Yeah, that's the, true. They Notoriously were garbage. Bad. 15%. I couldn't believe it when I saw that, that they were only 15%. I know the Oilers' kill looked pretty good tonight, but that's where I put that little asterisk because it was that Flyers power play. Just before we keep going, I just want to say what's up there. It looks like there's some people I don't recognize in the chat. Uh, Jarrell, Joe Hall, uh, Josh Kahn, good to have you with us. McNader, awesome to have you back. No MGD tonight. Uh, Avery obviously was in here earlier, David W. But if you guys want to go ahead, hit, hit like button. Dennis and I haven't streamed together in what, two and a half weeks now? Something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel a bit rusty, just like Leon. That's why I'm not putting too much, uh, too much emphasis on his bad play. Cause we know, um, he'll get it back. This is a, it's been a really a two game stretch of kind of underwhelming play from Leon and Connor, even though Connor has two points in those two games and this has not been normal Connor play. Nuge yeah. played good. Nuge had a couple posts at the end. Like Nuge, Nuge had some good chances with his line. I thought this was a better Costin game than we've had in you know some time. Costin has been pretty quiet. Uh, not yeah. that this was fantastic, but well, um, talking about Costin, right? Like he played, he, he played fifty fifty. It was a very depth type of game from him tonight. Nothing outstanding. We do know his. You know, his shooting percentage was really high when he first joined the team. So this is a little bit of regression to the mean. That's fine. Um, 
I, I felt bad for McLeod. I feel McLeod had a, a good streak going on for a little bit. Like he was buzzing, mm-hmm. especially that first, you know, couple of games. I just feel like McLeod right now is the depth that we this team needs. McLeod, Costin, Fogel, like you said, played great tonight. If these guys chip in like one goal a night and your top line gets you one, like the NHL, most games end in like a 3-2 game, right? So if you get two goals... Not with this team. Not, with this team, if you can get like five goals, you're pretty safe. There you go. <laughs> but like 3-2 is, you know, the standard score for an NHL game nowadays. And if you're, if you're getting like one depth goal, one up, like top line goal, you just you just need a little bit more and you're there, right? This yeah. is the, the sort of game where... I feel like we didn't deserve the two points. I'm glad we got the no one because, like you said, Stuart Skinner, he yeah. he took the one for us. Uh, to, to be honest with you, this isn't a game I pin on the depth whatsoever. I thought the depth was fine. Like they're no. not gonna, they're not. It's not gonna be like Detroit every single night, and they're not gonna go out and score five goals in the game. And McDavid's gonna have one point. Like, I, I, and I, I'm never one to blame McDavid and Drysdale, and I by no means mean this in any disrespectful way, but like. For the Oilers to win, like you, you expect McDavid to have two or three points a game, like, yeah. and, and that's a fair expectation. As crazy it is to say, like he's well over a point. He's very close to two points per game and on his career. It's like probably one point six or one point seven. You you can expect that, and for him to not do that, it's fine. They they lost the game, and over time they take the point, they move on. You flush this down the toilet. You go to your back to back in Montreal and Ottawa. It, now those are matinee back to backs. They could lose both. They oh. could win both. I literally could not. I have no predictions on what's going to happen because you matinee never know what team's going to show up. Yeah, but it, it it just is what it is. Like this game, yeah, it's frustrating. It sucked the effort, but I know when push comes to shove on a Saturday night against Tampa, the team's going to show up. This was a yeah. game where I, I I just could feel them not showing up. There's so much talk about what's going on at the deadline. There's so much talk about what happened last game. There's all these different, the Super Bowl is on Sunday. There's all these different things going on. And and, and, and there's just distractions right now. So for them not to show up, eh, it is what it is. I, I You expect it. And for them to take a point, I'm, I'm, I'm upset that they lost, but I'm not like, and I'm disappointed, but I'm not upset yeah. is what I should say. It's it's the parent thing, right? You you see your kid doing something dumb, and you go, "Hey, I'm upset. I'm I'm a little bit disappointed, but I'm not angry at you." And just you learn no. as long as you learn and move on. You know, I, I, don't do this again. I I do think I do think that this game is what is a very good reference point, though. Uh, when you look back, when we're ten games down the road, looking at the trade deadline, because they obviously were on that like ten game heater, pretty much. And I, it's not, we, we, you know, they could hop right back on it next couple of games, but their d- defense, the defensive coverage was not good tonight. Stuart Skinner bailed them out numerous times. It, yeah. it, if you're getting a, a, even 900 goaltending, I, the, this could be a five, one game. This could be a four, one game. Like Philly had some really, really, and if Philly was yeah. better finishing, not even your goaltending, if Philly was better finishing, this could be a, the game could have been significantly out of reach. So and again, it, it feels weird to say it, right? But yeah. Barry actually wasn't that bad defensively tonight. The five alarm chances were coming off of like the nurse CC pairing. Yeah, you know. they, they, I couldn't take CC. I'm I'm done with that pairing, man. Like they need to split off of that. Like CC's yeah. ice time has been slowly decreasing. It looks like he played 18 minutes tonight. 
Uh, yeah, CC and Nurse, they just, they're not working. Dayarnay only played eight minutes. I don't think it was Dayarnay's best game in the NHL. Holloway no. only played 9.39. Later in the game, Woodcroft was kind of going back to McDry because he was desperate. It was after the Hyman goal was scored. So I, I kind of understand his theory. They scored a goal, get him back out there, see if they could do it again. Whatever. Still, even Broberg only played 13 minutes. Like it's, Isn't Dayarnay era were still like... 8-0-2 oh, now or something yeah, like yeah, that. He still hasn't still... lost in regulation in his screen. Still hasn't lost. But to me, this is the game. This shows you, like, dude, like Travis Sanheim is someone on Philadelphia who really stood out to me, right? You get someone like that on your back end who not only can contribute offensively, but can is also really effective defensively. That will completely change the complexion of your blue line. Right now, Kulak and Barry, to me, I, I disagree. Like, I disagree. I do not think it was... Barry's had a good season, and I'm a Barry detractor. But tonight, uh, this was not Barry's best night by any means. I did not think he played well at all. I didn't think Kulak played well at all, and and even on the numbers, it shows like his Corsi four percentage, thirty three percent, like shots not, for what were his expected goals. You, you not know, Kulak great. Controlled thirty two percent of the expected goals. Uh, Tyson Barry controlled. Da, 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 da. Uh, he controlled like uh, it looks like forty percent, maybe fifty-five. Uh, he's the fourth from the bottom. Yeah, fifty-five from the expected. Okay, so Tyson Barry, I don't know. So, to me, so. did not look strong defensively. Uh, I thought the entire there were there were blunders from every single one. Bouchard, Broberg, Nurse, yeah. every single one. I thought I honestly thought probably the best guy tonight was Bouchard. Just I know he had a bad giveaway. Uh, but they all had bad giveaways, right? So I'm not going to pinpoint on that. I thought his entire team had exactly, bad giveaways. I thought in transition, Bouchard made a number of really good plays. He took a number of really good point shots that resulted in like some of the few chances, chances. They got in front of the net. I thought Bouchard did a fantastic job holding the blue line at certain points because that's something Barry seems to struggle with, even though he has been really good uh, in the offensive end. I just think you're missing that key piece. I think this, the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the, like I said, Throw this game in the garbage. Like they said on, on the broadcast, throw this game in the garbage. I was just as lethargic watching it as they were <laughs> they, they were playing it. I didn't really take much out of this game. I don't think this is the team that we can expect on a day-to-day basis. We right. all know every single player on this roster is capable of so much better. I would take the defensive coverage, like the fact that JVR and Travis Konechny and you know, Wade Allison was making some of your defensemen look stupid. I would, you know, jot that down and make a note of that going into the trade deadline. Because again, you got after now we got ten games left. March exactly 3rd. ten, yeah, March third. And after sun after Sunday, it'll be eight. It's fast approaching. Yeah. Deals are getting made. Vladimir Tarasenko in New York. Bohorovet to the island. The big dogs are out to play. This is. The window. The Oilers, I, I believe they're still second in the NHL in regulation wins. They're the number one team in the NHL for scoring. They're getting better goaltending than I think any of us could have expected this year. Beginning of the year, yeah. Like, <laughs> every single thing. They can have four 100-point players. That hasn't happened in, like, 30 years. They, they, they are so well off. There is never going to be a better scenario that lines up for the Oilers, the Oilers to go on a run. Colorado lost again tonight for nothing. They're your biggest competition in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Vegas well, and they're banged up. Vegas is banged up. Vegas right? does not scare me. Seattle is this is Seattle their second season. They lost they're again streaky today. as they're hell. Crashing yeah. back down to earth. This is the time. There is no better time to trade in these assets. You send them all out the door. I know on the broadcast they're talking about Reed Schaefer because I guess when you draft a fourth line left winger. Uh, you, you, those don't grow on trees, right? You, you got to hold on to those. 
So I don't understand that. People are calling a Reed Schaefer. Send Reed out the door. You don't want to send Reed out the door? Fine. But there's a guy on the market right now who is absolutely worth the asking price. I don't understand this wildest insanity. We don't need Jacob Chicken. We don't need, you know, we also don't need, we don't need two number one centers, but we have yeah. it and it's fantastic. You, we we don't need someone like a Patrick Kane, someone like a Jonathan Taze. We don't need any of these guys, but I, it helps you get closer. I, I, those guys are so far down on my list. To me, it's Jacob Chip. It, Eric Carlson is also on my list. It's a defenseman, defenseman, defenseman. If they as long the as playoffs, the money works. I'm comfortable with the forward depth. You need to add on the on the defensive end, and you need to go all out. You think Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl don't see the exact same things that we do when, you know, DeHarnay fucks up or Darnell Nurse. They, they might not say it out in the public, but they watch the game tape. They see exactly what we see. They know what their needs are. They might pretend like they stay away from everything. There are guys on the Oilers who see what is said on social media. Everyone knows what's happening, and we all know what the need is. We all know what the scenario is. We all know the window and the contract lengths for the two big dogs. If you save your assets and you don't go all in or you wait until the final year of Leon's deal and you go all in there, you risk blowing your assets all there and then you lose and then the two big dogs walk and then you're left with no assets and no big dogs. Exactly. You, you, you got to do it. There's no, think, you're not, what are you waiting for? What? I 100% agree. I think here's the thing, right? The the asking price is also something that's a huge boon this, to the Oilers right now because like, you saw today, right? Mm. Today, we saw what Tarasenko went for, and it wasn't a whole lot, the, right? Your star, star quality players, like, they aren't getting a lot for them right now. It's a buyer's market. Here's the difference. So, Here's the difference between the guy that the two guys that I mentioned and the two guys that have been traded so far. Contract. Now, True. those guys are UFAs. Those teams are under pressure to trade them. If they don't move them, those teams understand that they're losing them for nothing. Now, I know Jacob Chikrin requested a trade, but in theory, Arizona doesn't move him. Now, the risk with Jacob Chikrin is Arizona doesn't move him. He's unhappy. Something happens and comes to blows in the offseason. Then his, he has a no-move clause or no-trade clause at least coming. So then he'll be able to have a way, a better impact of where he's going. I think mm -hmm. his no-trade clause kicks in July 1st. Um, so that's why I'd say they're under pressure. Let's say they hold on to him and something happens and he gets injured again. And I'm not saying he's injury prone. Any player on any team could get injured. Yeah, but, don't talk about injuries as a slight but, against but, a player, right? But, but but I'm just saying you if the why they're under pressure to trade him is okay. You don't trade him, he gets injured again. All of a sudden, all these issues start popping up, and people are like, oh, well, now we got to wait again. And it's this rinse and repeat cycle. They got to be done with him. That's why I believe that they're going to move him now. You also, who are the other teams interested in Jacob Chicken? Boston. Boston has Hampus yeah. Lindholm, Charlie McAvoy. Do they need Jacob Chicken? No, no. But it's an you want him. It's he's an upgrade. Twenty four years old. He's yeah. still getting better. He is an elite defenseman in transitioning the puck. He's very good defensively. Anyone who says he's not is wrong. He's like he's fine. He's 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 you, perfectly you, serviceable. He's better than both. Better than Nurse. That's what you should say. He's better than Darnell Nurse. And Darnell Nurse is our number one defenseman. He's out there in our toughest matchups and the toughest situations. You can put if you're comfortable with Nurse, you should be comfortable with Chicken. There is no there is no better defender that you could acquire. Not Joel Edmondson, not Radko Gudas, no one is better yeah. defensively than Darn than Jake Chicken. 
He's there a is, solid two-way defense. He right? lines up with your entire window, and he makes only $4.6 million. That, to me, is the key. You have him locked up. You're not getting him for one playoff run. You're not getting him for two. You're getting him for three. Why trade a first-round pick for 19 games of a broken Patrick Kane when you can get this guy? You throw in your – so you don't get a rental next year. You save that. You go in for this guy, and you have him for the next three years. He lines up with your window, makes everything work. Everything lines up perfectly. There's no better fit. I can't. These guys, obviously, there's going to be risk associated with trading for someone like this. These guys don't just come available. If he was perfect, he wouldn't be available. Arizona would keep him. Yeah, I, I think partially you're right. The injury, like the injury history of Chikorin has made it harder for Arizona to trade him. But he's come back and he's been on fire. He's right? been one of he's the played, best defensemen in the NHL. He's been a he's top played, 10 oh, defenseman this right. year. Yeah, he's been amazing. So this is the situation where you have a guy who had maybe a little bit of an issue and you've turned that with a little bit of patience and time into another asset now, right? This is this is a guy now who comes back to the NHL and just lights it up, right? They're bringing hope to this Arizona team. So if you're going to sell as Arizona, this is probably one of the times when you'll sell him at his highest yeah, rate. And, and I'm... And the, the and rumor if you're the price, Oilers, the rumor right. price, Craig Morgan put it in the athletic. This is Craig Morgan, who is associated with the risk is he's injury riddle, not worth. Okay, wise Kyle here. Let me tell you this. Were you worried about Zach Hyman when the Oilers brought him in? Because he had two significant knee injuries back to back seasons before the Oilers signed him. Like there are risks with every single player. Connor McDavid had a potential career ending MCL injury uh, a couple years ago. Are we going to? Are, are, are we worried about ending. Connor McDavid? No, no, no. <laughs> that that was season ending. That was could have been career ending. That was a if it was bad injury. enough. Yeah, it, it was. It would have been at least. Did you watch surgery. the documentary where he where he, you know he didn't have surgery that like he could have missed no, like no, no. eight months? It, at its worst, it would have been surgery, and he would have never skated like the way he is right now. But I think, but he naturally he needed, healed it. Yeah, but he needed surgery. But he got like four opinions and did this crazy training that no one's ever done. He was sleeping in hyperbaric chambers, and he was he doing, took the X factor. Yeah. Like, there are injuries with every single player. Uh, you can't not trade for someone because of injuries. Point out a player who's, like, a John, you want to get Jonathan Taves? He's out with his immune, he's out with a disease. He missed an entire <laughs> yeah. season because he was immunocompromised. Like, there are problems with every single player. You can sit here and nitpick. I, I'm not, yeah, Jonathan Patrick Taves been skating. has a hip injury right now. Yeah. If he doesn't get traded, he's going to go get surgery. Like, we can't sit here and just talk about injuries. You get him and you hope for the best. Look at, this is the thing that I brought up to Dennis before the show. Before Tampa Bay went on their cup runs, they traded. They they had Sergachev and they had Hedman on two different pairs. You know right. what they did? They traded for the captain of the New York Rangers, making $100,000 more than uh, Jacob Chicken is now. He's a little bit older, but he had an extra year on his deal. They traded two first-round picks, Mastikov prospects, and they did get JT Miller back in the deal, but that wasn't the JT Miller of today. That was JT Miller. I would put him more like Kyler Yamamoto kind of level when he was in that Still deal. developing. But, there were two first round picks plus 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 in that deal to for multiple players. And you think Tampa regrets losing out on those draft picks? No, because Ryan McDonough was instrumental, especially in one of their cups, and he played a role in obviously a significant role in both. He was a ca- ended up being a cap casualty. They moved on. They drafted people like Cernak in the later rounds. I don't know if he was a third, fourth, or fifth round pick, and they pl- plug and played, and they've made it work. That's what the was. You send out your earlier picks. You should have the confidence in guys like Tyler Wright to be able to make those third, fourth, and fifth round picks actually count. If you, it, like, what's the point of employing someone if you don't believe that he can draft NHL players later on? 
Tampa, when was the last time Tampa, like Tampa traded two picks for Brandon, first round picks for Brandon Hagel. We should be in the yeah. Tampa discussion. Keeping our picks does nothing. They literally will not help us. Here's the situation, right? The the one thing that Tampa is willing to do is take risks, right? Because okay. if you don't take risks, you know you're not going to get anywhere. So they they take the risk. Sometimes, like the Hagel deal, it's they're still up in the air about that. It, is that He's on a risk for that was seventy worth it? points this year? Yeah, but look at that division right now. If you don't take risks in that Metro division, you are absolutely screwed. Well, well look, right? Like, yeah, it's the same in oh, the sorry, Western Atlantic Conference. division. I, like, I agree with you. Because look at the Western Conference. The Oilers were good enough to make it to the Western Conference finals. Now put their D on paper against Colorado when they're fully healthy. Yeah. Bacar, Byram, Gerard, um, um, guy from Josh Manson, Eric Johnson, like one through six, they destroy Edmonton. Devon Taves, like the obviously you you want to get got you you two guys that are available that are top pairing quality earlier. You, would you rather pay the price that they were asking for Mackenzie Weger or Devon Taves cost two second round picks? Absolutely. But the fact of the matter is, this is who's on the market. This is the best player. This is what he costs. It's yeah. honestly not that crazy. Two firsts and a second. And if they don't want to take money back, Pat Verbeek has been a, Pat Verbeek might as well have Oilers season tickets. Whoever <laughs> he's interested in someone. Send, pay them more assets. Send them guys out the door. Get rid of contracts. Honestly, like, holding on to this does nothing. And then, and all we're doing is disappointing our fans. When they, if we don't make it, I know you want to jump in, so I'll let you go in a second. Because I've been talking my head off, but they, we're disappointing our fans. We're disappointing the players. Like again, you have four guys on pace for hundred points. You need to reward them. McDavid and Drysdale are going to sit here at the end of their contract and say oh, they never went to help us at all. We did. We gave them our blood, sweat, and tears. We did everything we possibly could. And what did they do for us? Nothing. Hmm. What can someone else do that for? Do for us. I don't want that conversation to ever happen. I want them to think that the Oilers gave them every single possible opportunity to win. Every team in the position. When Chicago's players were young, they went out. They got Marion Hosa. They got Dustin Buffalo. Or they drafted Dustin Buffalo. But they had. They went out and they made additions. And I could go back and yeah. we could look. Pittsburgh made. A I mean, I wanted to bring in this point from Doki way, way earlier sorry, up in sorry, the conversation. <laughs> uh, dude, Doki mentioned. Times like this, I miss players like Pronger. Pronger came in and he boosted this Oilers club to that Cinderella run, right? Shame how it ended. If that's how it ends with Chikrin, that's fine too. But for so many years, we had to just look at that run and mm -hmm. wish we got back to there. Right now, we're on the cusps. Like you mentioned, we are top four in the league last season. And I absolutely agree that they have to make a splash at this trade deadline yeah. if if they don't if there's just minor additions like another it's depth bad. defenseman like a kulikov like previous or if it's like another fourth liner a, a sam lafferty <laughs> as people in the media have been prone to, to say it it doesn't show confidence like you said to the players to the fans your first round pick means nothing we are in a win now mode. Like Reed Schaefer he, he, last mm -hmm. year, we drafted him, and now the value of that pick has gone down. Right? If we had traded that first round pick, it would have gotten us a lot more than right now, where we have Reed Schaefer and and are trying to deal him. If well, if they, that's the they, case. I don't think they are. I think they 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 love Schaefer and Stoffer's gassed him up. They they want to hold on to Schaefer. Like to me, obviously, just to talk about Pronger for a second. Pronger is like 
way better than Chikrin, oh, yeah. obviously. But <laughs> I just want to make that. I don't want anyone to think we're saying Jacob Chikrin is uh, is uh, Chris is Pronger, Pronger, right? Because he's because he's not. But he still would be probably the um, best defenseman on the Oilers. Like you said, he's one of the biggest names in the market right now. He's the best defenseman on the market, and he's lined up perfectly with your window. He's cheap. He's cost effective. Like your the salary cap picture next year is not getting any better. They're going to be just as cap strapped. Yeah, they won't be an LTIR at least as of right now. We have no clue what can happen between now and the start of next season. They need to sign Bouchard. They need to sign Ryan McLeod. There's a ton of uh, things up in the air. You no one knows. So the time is now. It's it's now. This is when you have to go all in. Just another uh, fun little fun little tidbit here between Daki and Lindsay. Uh, read Gagne as Gengar and got very confused. Hey, you know <laughs> what? The Oilers played like ghosts tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so if if that's if this is the way that this team is gonna play, uh, then yeah, we shouldn't be buyers. We might as well start folding, guys. But we know this is not how the Oilers operate. And they have, what, like four games now? Uh, well, three games. Ottawa, Montreal, and Detroit to come up. Yeah. Well, Those here, are... here. I just want to address something that Wise House said in the chat. What's wrong with Nyquist? He'd be trading cap space now uh, for a good player in the playoffs. Yeah, Nyquist. If, if you were to go out and trade for Gustav Nyquist, I'm fine Gustav Nyquist too. would go on LTIR. But the difference is if you're, going, if you're getting him to put him on LTIR and he doesn't count against your cap, sure, go out and get him. But that should not impact anything else whatsoever. Like, you shouldn't say, oh, I went out and got Gustav Nyquist. Uh, I'm so not going to go out I... and get a defenseman. I'm not going to go out and get these other forwards you're talking Because he's going out there. If he doesn't count against your cap, then he doesn't count against your cap. That's just icing on the cake. But I don't want people to sit there and go, oh, wow, Gustav Nyquist is our big addition to the deadline. Because that's not big enough. Right. Again, you got to... I, I, the way I'm trying to think of it is I'm trying to think of it from the perspective of McDavid and Drysaddle. If they see when they see a, a Kulikov come in or um, who like a Brett Kulak was really good, but again Brett Kulak was a second round pick it's in a, a middle sleeper. He, you know? he was good and he's been good, and I'm not saying it's bad. Uh, it's not it's a, it's a supporting pick. move, not a highlight move. Yeah, but I'm we're trying to make a you need to make a highlight move. No more support moves. No more fourth round picks for Jared Smithson. This is not you both. No we're, better we're not. Chance. This we're is not saying get a yeah. We're not if saying you, get, get a big name and then don't get any of the supporting if, defensemen, like supporting wingers. Do both. If you oh yeah, Mo's gonna be our deadline acquisition. Oh, <laughs> no, uh, no. But if you this is this is it. This is the best chance you get at a cup. That's it. There's no what? better chance. And, and it, they might resign and they might stay. And in four years we can have that thing. Oh, we don't have any assets. Okay, let's wait a year. Let's recoup. But you you need to approach it like this is the window and that's it and you reevaluate in three years. Yeah, you, you have to live in the now, and that's why I'm prepared to send all the assets out the door. Imagine, imagine, imagine a situation like again, Boston interested in Jacob Chicken. You know what else is interested? The LA Kings. Imagine LA gets Jacob Chicken, stabilizes their blue line without Drew Doughty, without Victor Arvidsson. They brought the Oilers to seven games. Now, do the Oilers play their best all the time? No, like that. That's a wild series, whatever. Imagine there, Jacob Chikrin is shaking the Oilers' hands as he's moving on to the second round, and Connor McDavid sitting in the dressing room saying, why, why didn't Ken, why didn't Ken yeah. do that? Now, it's a and, lot of what-ifs, but that's a very real possibility. It's entirely real. Here's the one thing that throws me off about LA, right? We knew that they were going into a rebuild. They have managed to pull off one of the fastest rebuilds that I've seen in a long time. You know, we were thinking that we'd have to wait 
for guys like Dowdy to retire, right? Kopitar to retire. And then they could finally come up as this new reinvigorated LA Kings. That's not the case. I, I can't remember who retired in the offseason for them. It's one of those guys that just was a grinder, played a lot of games for them during their cup runs. But a lot of their guys that were good are still on the team and they're providing this transition in a really good manner. So if they if they go all in now, I wouldn't be surprised. I still think there's a more of a likelihood that they're conservative buyers. They get a little bit of addition. Oh, and I'd that's be furious. That. I'd be so furious. I'd be more mad than I've the end of any single Oilers game this year. I think. Oh no, the Kings could, would be conservative oh, I buyers. You, oh, I, I no, I think the Kings are going to go and try and do something for sure. You think they'll be big name buyers? I think the Kings are good. They're, they're going. They're, they want a defenseman. They're a very realistic landing spot for Jacob Chicken. They have some one of the best prospect pools in the NHL. They could absolutely make a good package for Jacob Chicken, right? Yeah, more um, more realistic than I'd say Boston. The New York, you know, back in 2018, Ooh. five yeah. years ago, they were rebuilding too. They sent out a letter to their season ticket holders. They did the whole sh- the whole spiel where oh, we're gonna rebuild whatever. They kicked it around so fast. Now they went out this and they got Vladimir Tarasenko. They they, didn't they have rebuilt. Patches. They paid assets to send out. They took off Sammy. They got Sammy Blay. They retained. They retained on Tarasenko. You make the cap work for you. If you have to pay to send Puliyarvi to Anaheim. I don't if you have to make anymore. a three-way deal, yeah, do it. Toronto did it uh, with uh, what is it? Nick Felino. Toronto, like yeah. everyone does these deals where oh, you send them, you retain an extra twenty-five percent, you move on. I I understand. Okay, like you're talking wise spell, You're talking about Taves. Taves makes ten point five million dollars. Fifty percent of that is uh, five point two five. So you send him to Arizona. You they retain fifty percent, or Chicago retains fifty percent. Sends him to Arizona, retains another fifty percent. That's only two point seven five million dollars. Taves' actual salary is only like two or three million dollars. Arizona would only be actually paying in real dollars like two hundred and fifty grand by the deadline. Like there isn't many games left. You can make creative deals to make yourself get captures. Thirteen teams in the NHL are in LTIR. The New Jersey Devils right now are in LTIR. It says they have about $2 million in projected deadline space. And they're the, one of the number one rumored destinations for Timo Meyer. His cap at $6 million. Even if the Dev- if the uh, the Sharks retain half, that's a, still a $3 million cap. It. Money still needs to be moved around. Every single deal, there will need to be creativity regarding the salary cap. It's not an excuse. I understand the Oilers are dollar in, dollar out. I understand <laughs> that philosophy. But move the dollars out somewhere else just move them do whatever you got to do with balance your budget however if, you need if, to if it means honest to god and i know people might not like this if it means attaching a carter savoy and i know he's a good prospect do yeah, it but you I don't do care. it because carter savoy is he going to be impactful in the next three years that's Maybe. exactly my thinking if he's a second line player in four years from now i'll be sad but also, yeah. I'll be looking at my picture of Connor McDavid holding a Stanley Cup on my wall, and I won't care <laughs> that much. That'll be it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, here's the one thing that is a little bit dicey, right? You have some major decisions to be made coming up, right? You you have a lot of guys going after this offseason, going into free agency. You're going to have to re-sign a lot of guys. And Ryan McLeod's one of them. Evan Bouchard's one of them. You know those guys are going to make a ton of money. Also, Honestly. on the LTIR side, Clef Bomb's coming off. Smith. Smith's coming off. Yeah. Um, those are going to be padding that you don't have into next season, right? Mm-hmm. So these are things that you have to consider true, but 
you look at things like, you know what, if we need to give away a guy just because, that's fine. If we end up giving away like like a Fogel for nothing, fine. But right? Fogel's okay, well Fogel was a scratch in the playoffs last year. So yeah. let's not so I hear all these people talking about Fogel's the type of guy you want to have in the playoffs. He's physical. He was scratched for like the entire Colorado series. He was a no-show. And I and Fogel's been great the last four or five games. But the thing is, Fogel's so streaky and so inconsistent, he it won't make a difference. It Set- won't make a difference if you give a guy away. Fine, right? As long as it helps you with that cap space, make your team better. Which is why, and this is where I wanted to go uh, to close the show. Yeah. We mentioned a little bit earlier, it was in the chat, <laughs> Yamo's coming back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to be our deadline acquisition, but he's going to be coming back off LTIR. We got to make money on him. Or we got to make money Room. off the team yeah. in order to get him on. Um, the reports are... Holy RV, who was scratch night, he's gonna be going on waivers. Mm-hmm. And can I, can I disagree sad, with that? Yeah, as sad as that is, you know, I wanted to get your opinion on it. Okay, yeah, two things. First, I see Wisecal saying Tyler Tulio is my trade part, not to what? Yeah, sure, send whatever prospect. I don't yeah. care. Uh, other thing, Wisecal says Lucic and Sekiro are off the books next to T. So yeah, there is space. You will do. You do have stuff you need to sign. Uh, Loomis has watched the Fogel slanders. Oh, okay. I apologize, but that's pretty <laughs> We got to do what we got to do. Um, but yeah, um, sorry, Jesse Pugliarvi. That was like, what happened right. to two weeks ago? Frank Saravelli saying there is a trade in place for Jesse Pugliarvi. Did you not see that? I don't where, know. Where did that he, go? Here's the thing, right? Is it in place pending Yamo coming back? Well, but, but why who not knows? just move him then? Like, who cares? You, yeah. he's, he's been scratched. You it clearly would be... are so done with him. And yeah. I am frankly so, so, so sick of talking about him. And I, I love yeah. the guy, but I'm so tired of addressing every time I bring up bring him up being like, oh, I love him. So no, so just, just whatever. If he goes on waivers, he goes on waivers. I don't yeah. care. I, all I want, all I care about, just get his cap space off the books. That's all that matters. And take that and... space and use it. Get him somewhere where he wants to play. You know, that's the other thing. It's good for you. It's good for the player. And, 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 yeah. Just and can I just finish say, it. The Oilers also, even like they paid a couple of picks last year. They moved arguably the worst active hockey player in the NHL with term left over $3 million to Arizona last year for a couple of picks and to move back in the draft. And they still got Reed Schaefer. Like you can move a guy like Warren Fogle. Yeah, you might have to attach some picks. But you do it in order to make your team better now. You suffer in the long term, but you suffer while you sit there and we we can all suffer together while we're at the 10-year ceremony and the anniversary of the 2023 Cup winning team, right? Like, yeah, this is it. If you fl- it. if you screw this up, there's going to be a documentary made called How Did You Screw That Up? And it'll be about the 10 years of 2015 to 2025 where you had McDavid and Saddle and you absolutely Secret. did nothing. Secret Base is going to have a video out where it's just like the dynasty fell. The worst failure in all of pro sports. Yeah, it's going to be like that Ottawa video, you know. <laughs> here's yeah. here's the situation. You're right. It's it's time to go for it. And as harsh as it feels, right? Like, as much as I dislike Vegas and the way that they go about in the off seasons, on the trade market, you know they're trying to win. At all times, number one priority is to win. And they've they've had some rough seasons like last season with the injuries. This season, 
you know, that Eichel splash doesn't seem like it's working out. He's not scoring. He had a good goal tonight. Let's see what happens. They blew blew Minnesota out of the water tonight. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think everyone in Vegas wanted a little bit more from him. They they still do. I I know he had a good goal tonight, but he is disappointed so far in Vegas from the Vegas people that I follow. Yeah, so it seems like all of the moves that they're making, they don't always hit. But they're trying. And exactly. I don't see fan bases, I don't see fan bases going for management's head. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you try, as long as you aren't as long as you aren't doing stupid things like yeah, exactly. signing Coskin into this 4.5 is the or whatever. <laughs> as long as you're as long as you're making things reasonable, it's fine. If you're mm-hmm. giving away guys for free, like it doesn't make sense like to to give away star players for free but if if it was to make a move work people tend to forget and like you said when you're first yeah in the division people try and f- they tend to forget you know they're like ah, like, eh, well it's fine me, if you're looking at okay we again we could trade a first for like the asking price i would not pay this in a million years the asking if you're if you're like i want to go all in i gotta I blow your assets on a gaver call for a first round pick. okay no. yeah see that's stupid but like there are, we know they're like we know the asking price for Timo Meyer. Now I'm not I'm not saying to go get Timo Meyer. You don't. It would be nice, absolutely. This, you don't need Timo Meyer. Yeah, it's not going to work. There's this, this is an NHL 23, yes. right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we can't like, get there's a one team of guy players. who's like the most perfect fit. It's literally taking a twenty. You're taking a 2017 Oscar Kleffbaum off another team, and you're plugging him right into your roster. Like Ken Holland in his last interview said, "Well, oh, I can't just go down to the hockey store and get an Oscar Kleffbaum." <laughs> yes, you can, Ken, because at a store, when you go to a store, they don't give you stuff free. You gotta pay for stuff. And right now, front and center on the on the shelf of the store is Jacob Chicken. He's sitting there. They're charging a high price, but you go in that store and you fucking pay for it. You gotta you, go and do it. So that's you go my out, piece. you get it, right? I, yeah, that's my piece. I could have this conversation all night, and I'm sure we're gonna have this every single game we do coming up till March third. There's ten more games, guys. So and you better hope Jacob Chicken is traded. I doesn't matter where before this, otherwise this is just gonna be game over, Chicken. I mean, here's a little tidbit, right? Like, yeah, no. we we have something in the works for a little bit of a trade deadline stream. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're they're thinking about Are you gonna that? be a part of it? Gonna damn well try. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? It's all it's all hush. It's all mm-hmm. hush hush. No one no one send this to Andrew, Steve. Dennis Jesse. is the leak. Dennis is the leak. <laughs> but something in the works. Mm-hmm. Similar to the and NBA one today. Similar to the NBA one today, which I mean, if you're a Raptors fan, ended up being a little bit slow. But oh my god, the Raptors fans I follow are not happy. <laughs> they, 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 I feel like I'll be like severe in a very similar position to them three weeks from now. So, but there's some plans out there, mm-hmm. and if we talk about this all the way until trade deadline day, that's fine. All makes for good content on that day. But you're right. If it goes earlier. Boy, that helps us in our chance to try and win this specific division. We got three easy games, and then we got a little bit more competition in like your New York, your Colorados. Those guys are going to be a little bit tougher. Uh, I think eventually we're going to be playing Boston. So I'm excited. These, get up I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, but if we get it now, 
I'll be happy. If we get Chikorin now, I'll be happy. If we make a move at the deadline, I'll be happy. The only thing that's inexcusable for Ken Holland is to just stand pat. And and what like I see a lot today. of people saying is never underestimate Ken Holland's ability to sit on his hands and do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the man is known for his patience. But you know, how amazing would it be? Like this is in the chat. We don't really need chicken. Renegade oh, no. man. We just went go back and watch the last 20 minutes. Renegade God. man, thank you, know, thank you for I, I being get... here. Oh. <laughs> we spent like 20 minutes talking about no. chicken. You know, there's uh, there's no. Tampa didn't need Ryan McDonough, and they went out and got him anyways. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. Go and there's, watch it. And, yeah, there's sorry. nothing more after, you know, all of Oilers media, all of Oilers social media, after everything that we've talked about, if the Oilers go out, they get Chikrin. If it's at a great deal, even better. You know, we don't have to get the two firsts and a second or whatever. If it ends up coming in cheaper, that'd be amazing. But how amazing would it be for Chikorin to come to the Oilers and then for Ken Holland to win a cup either this year, next year, whatever it might be, and ride off into the sunset? Because his contract is expiring too. And he's like 60, 68? He's not re-signing as GM. Like um, Maybe Brad Holland becomes GM. Who knows? But yeah, maybe the best thing for Ken, everyone says this, but the best thing for Ken Holland's legacy is to leave Edmonton with a banner in the rafters. That's it. And yeah, I just, we we could go on about this forever. Let's save some for next show. We're going to be back here. (laughs) on saturday right so let's, yep. i just want to say one final time to everyone in chat seems like it's pop it's sort of popping off guys hit the like button i appreciate Lindsay, some stranger joining us late daki renegade man even though i vehemently disagree with you looms this <laughs> chemo man thank you for coming by i hope to see you at the trade deadline stream Shh, never said that uh mcnader wise kyle cousin jimmy Lindsay, black mascara joining us late from germany uh david w everyone for coming back coming and hanging out with us once again it's been forever since you've been on the stream started out slow started out like the oilers definitely were a bit lethargic rusty we picked up about halfway through there was no looking back uh we we yeah that was good that was fun it's it's gonna be a fun one uh this weekend because we're gonna be hyped up on our first second cup of coffee yeah. uh the next game is against the ottawa senators and it's a real early matinee mountain time 10 30 puck drop we'll be here hope you will be too mm-hmm. that'll be it for us tonight oh zach did you have one more thing you want oh, to, I was go with? to say have a great night have a great night zach where can they find you? We haven't done this in a while. Oh, yeah. You can find me at Z- ZWheel97 on Twitter. Um, yeah. Dennis we really haven't done you. Yeah. Took me we a really second. haven't done this in a while. Uh, Dennis Lee YEG on Twitter. Thank you so much for being here. Have a fantastic rest of your evening. Yeah. Cheers, everyone. Have a good night. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.